Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host, Derek Reardon, and with me is Dominic Gutierrez. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanksgiving was pretty good. Yeah. I hope everybody who's listening had a great Thanksgiving. How was yours, Dom? It was pretty good, you know, just casual, spent time with family, ate a lot more food than I should have, but it was worth it. Damn right. <laughs> no, I, I, I posted it on my Twitter that I very much thought that I was going to gain like three, four more inches on my waist just from Thanksgiving alone. So this is uh, going to go hit the gym after the first of the year because, you know, you can't do it during Christmas time. You right. just can't. On this episode, Coach Ken Wilson is fired after a up and down sort of period of Nevada football. The head coach, Mr. Ken Wilson, is now gone. We're going to get into a little bit about that, some feelings, maybe some predictions if we have them, on who's going to be the next head coach. And then just a little bit of a predictor because men's and women's basketball play tomorrow at home, so we're going to give a little bit of a preview on that one. But before we get into any of that... We have another edition of A Week in Review. Dommy, want to take over women's basketball? Yep. So the women's basketball team played four games since November 21st. The first one was against Oregon at home on the 21st, in which they lost 47-76. to And then they played two games in the University of Denver Classic. The first one was on November 24th, in which they played South Alabama, winning 73-62. to The second was the day after on the 25th against Central Arkansas, in which they won on a 67-65 overtime thriller thanks to a Claire Jacobs game-winning basket. And they last played on November 29th where they beat San Diego University 76-63. Their next game will be this Saturday, December 2nd against UC Santa Barbara at Lawler. Yeah, a lot of women's basketball this last few weeks. Anyway, continuing on, we have the football team who played their last game of the season on November 25th, which just so happened to be their senior night. They lost to the Wyoming Cowboys 42-6. to They were outrun by 244 yards to 18 yards. They allowed six total sacks, and Nevada never led through the entirety of the game. As I mentioned, this was their last game of the season, so they finished Ken Wilson's second season, 2-10, and and he is now fired, but again, we're going to get a little bit more into that just in a second. And the men's basketball team played one game on November 29th against Montana University after an 11-day break. Nevada got out to a 10-0 lead within the first four minutes and led by as many as 21 points at halftime. They held Montana to an 18.5% three-point percentage. Keenan Blackshear, Jared Lucas, and KJ Himes all had double-digit points. Blackshear was the lead scorer for the pack with 22 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. Their next game will be on this Saturday, December Number second against LMU at home as they go for a five and zero record. Six and zero record. Six and zero record. Thank you. You're already at a five and zero record. So I know we mentioned a lot that football wouldn't be one of our main talking points. But um, when you lose your head coach, I think it's fine to kind of push back on that sentiment and finally talk about them one more time before anything kind of happens with the transfer portal or spring training. So for anybody who hasn't heard yet, although we've mentioned it twice already, um, technically three times now, Coach Ken Wilson has been fired. Stephanie Ramp said, After an extensive review of the Nevada football program, I have decided to make a leadership change. I would like to thank Ken Wilson for his education and service to Nevada athletics and to our student athletes athletes. This is not a decision I take lightly, as I know the ripple effect on so many people with a decision like this. For more than two decades, 
Ken and his family have been and will continue to be an integral part of this community and the wolf pack. Boy, oh boy. That is expected, I guess. I don't know about you, but I kind of saw this coming. I didn't know if it was going to happen just yet mm -hmm. because... You know, transfer portal still coming up, but you know that that's opening. Up. I think that's fully like working on the fourth, if I remember correctly. Yeah, mm -hmm. So maybe they were. You know, I was thinking like maybe they're gonna wait out a little bit, get him. You know, have him get some players in, then maybe fire him. Maybe give him one more year. Because I think it was Chris Murray who mentioned on a article he posted. Shout out Chris Murray. Um, <laughs> that most coaches, when they're brought in and they're in a rebuild period. They get three years. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking maybe he's staying, maybe he's not. And then today came, and I remember waking up to the news of, hey, uh, Wilson's fired. And I'm like, huh, all right. So, it wasn't as if I was like, I was surprised, but hey, he's gone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was one of those where Nevada had to quickly make a decision, like you said, with the transfer portal coming up on the fourth, and then obviously his buyout dropping from a million to 500,000 today so you wasn't know, it 1.5 million to a million i think it was was it i'm I not fully certain about that i i, I, I remember it, it dropping by a, a half a million i just don't remember what the actual amount was pardon me for interrupting but um no i actually have to i believe it dropped to 500,000 it dropped 500,000 we knew of that we just didn't know if it was yeah you're right know. it was 1.5 million to a million, two million. okay yes, that's what it was Okay, but yeah, that, that kind of makes sense because you, you look at it and it's like, no disrespect to Nevada or any college for that matter, but most colleges dump a lot of money into their programs. Right. So, especially like I'm thinking Colorado University dropped like $30 million just to bring Coach Prime in. Now, of course, we're not anywhere near potentially giving Coach Prime money to a coach. We're not, you know, that established yet. Right. But there's got to be, a, or at least our program is, excuse me. But I don't know. I, I, I liked what she said about yeah we went through an extensive search we went through like, or we went through like you know an investigative process everything that sense i personally and we talked a little bit about this off like right before we recorded i think i'm speaking for both of us when i say i wouldn't be surprised if stephanie remp looked at wilson right after that wyoming game said you're gone but we're waiting until friday i don't know i mean i definitely think yeah like I, whether or not wilson was specifically told i feel like remp and the rest of the athletics department already kind of had an idea that you know this is how it was going to end and yeah, there is, like you said, normally coaches who come to a rebuild get, you know, three to four years. And especially with what Wilson came into, you know, the yeah. team was just gutted from Jay Norvell leaving and transfers he took and everything else. But with how, on paper, how our roster looked coming into this season to have back-to-back -back two and ten seasons, I, I think it was just too much to bring in and justify giving him that third year. No, and I understand that completely. Because, like, what was it? I'm looking at sheets right now, so mm -hmm. ignore me. But in 2022, his offense averaged 18.83 points. Yep. Right? This was with a gutted offense, mm -hmm. right? Because we had Carson Strong, Romeo Dub, and Cole Turner all get drafted. Which, hey, also shout out Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs for making the Mountain West... 25 years team. Mm -hmm. But they average that many points with a good at offense. And then we hear, oh, this offense that we got this year in 2023, it's going to be so good. We got all these, we, we got four star, we got this four star quarterback coming in. We got Sean Dollars coming in. We got all these different prospects coming in to Nevada. We should have a better offense. And they do worse. Yeah. They scored one and a half points less this year than they did last year on average, which, just to kind of clarify, 17.33 points this year. Meanwhile, his defense, his defense, which, note, he's a defensive coach. 
Yeah. Right? His defense in 2022 allowed almost 31 points a game, 30.92, and allowed 33.42 points a game in 2023 this past season. They were beat by double-digit points in every game but one they lost this year. All right. And I think that was against Kansas that they didn't lose. Mm-hmm. By yeah. Just mm-hmm. yeah, Kansas was the only yeah. one that they didn't. Right. So you sit here and you're looking at just the overall performance of this Ken Wilson-backed team. It, like you said, the writing was on the wall. There was nothing, personally, I think Wilson could have done to save his job unless he won, right? You know, he had the shutout win against San Diego State. Good job. That was really good, mm-hmm. right? And we, we gave him praise for that. They beat New Mexico. We gave him praise for that because he deserved it. It was a good win, right? Our offense and defense clicked really well against New Mexico. They had three picks in one half, for God's sake. Yeah. But then you then you get into the rest of the conference schedule that we had that, relatively speaking, was supposed to be easier than our first part of the our first half of the schedule. And we did the same, if not worse. So, I don't know. Like I said, this was expected for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know when it was going to happen exactly. And Stephanie Ramp has kind of been going on, which is kind of preference. Stephanie Ramp, the athletic director for Nevada. So, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier when I was reading her statement. But, so, she's she's gotten a lot of coaches that she's hired, right? Like, she, like she, she fired the volleyball coach like a week or two ago, right? Well, that's also because the volleyball coach just did horrible this year. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to the volleyball program, but ow. And he just seemed like he wasn't good when it came to, like, actually adjusting. Mm. He just stuck with his old ways and didn't really do well at all. Ken Wilson did the same. And I think this sounds the alarm for any coach that wasn't hired by Stephanie Ramp, being like, hey, if you want to be here, you have to perform. 100%. You can't be sitting here putting up mediocre wins and losses. You can't put up bad seasons because I don't even know how, I don't, like, I, I guarantee you she knew, like, what was going on in the program when she came in here, but she don't know these guys, like, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the former athletic director for Nevada. I forget his name, but she she didn't hire any of these guys. He did, most of them. So, and she's, she, what, I think it was, she hired six new coaches, including the interim coach for softball, you said earlier? Her hires were Vanessa Valentine, which is the women's soccer coach, uh, Jake McKinley, who is going to be Nevada's new baseball coach when that season starts. Trey Carpenter, the men's golf coach. Uh, Cameron Smith, the men's and women's skiing. And then Marina Demore, who is the interim softball coach. So, and then obviously Lee Nelson, the volleyball coach, getting fired. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Stephanie Ramp came from LSU. Right. You know, she she knows big people. She has a big history tied down to her name. So I think that was always going to be the vision when she came in was, you know, she's not going to accept mediocrity. You know, she's not going to accept losing programs. You know, oh, she yeah. came from a school where that doesn't really exist. So, you know, and Nevada is never going to be LSU, but she can with what the experience she has with it and with the coaches that she's the changes in coaching that she's obviously making already. Like you said, it's definitely an alarm of you know any Nevada program that's not going to be that's not having any success or is not putting in the work to become successful then they have a very short leash right. or at least like they don't show the fruits of labor of what they're doing. exactly because like I don't know this is I think we're in a new age for Nevada athletics and this was this could have been said last year too because you know with the change in athletic directors obviously stuff is bound to change but I don't know I, I think this change in athletics going to cause ripples. Like she said, like she said in her thing, it's going to cause ripples. Because now it's not just, oh, it's like, the, like it's, and I mean this, like, politely, but when I mean lower level sports, I mean the ones that don't get the eyes, right? Not right. the ones that aren't performing, but the ones who don't get the eyes. So, like, I'm thinking volleyball. I'm thinking ski, sadly. 
again, all these are sadly, they'll be kind of perfect stuff, but like volleyball, ski, swim and dive even for some people, be, unless you like really follow swim and dive or the, or the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Track and field's pretty good, so I wouldn't call them. But there's like, like you, it's not just like the lower level ones who are going to be like, oh, we're going to change these up and try to, you know, flip these around. Now it's, hey, one of the big three sports just had their coach fired. Yeah. Holy hell. Okay, we have to start doing good because if he's going to be on the hot seat like that, mm-hmm. we have to fix ourselves. Yeah. I, I would say there's a little bit more pressure on the coaches who weren't hired by Stephanie Rowe, but there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches like the coaches who were hired by her. I think there's a there's pressure on them like a lot of pressure on them too because this is like some of theirs like not some of their first years but like this is their first year with Nevada right. Mm-hmm. This is what is gonna make her look either really good or really bad based on who she hires and and then it's gonna be like oh well if she's gonna hire like say God forbid like baseball and softball do bad right. Knock on what they don't. But say God forbid they do. How is that going to look on ramp? I think it's going to be one of the determining factors for how good she's going to be. Because those coaches, plus whoever she brings in for football. Right. Because, again, like I mentioned, football is one of the big three sports here. So if she brings in someone who, say they don't make a bowl game, but they get five wins. Mm -hmm. Right? That's an immediate improvement. And that makes her look good. And especially if they make a bowl game the next season. Yeah. Which sadly would be like the year after we graduate, which Mm -hmm. would suck. But, you know, like say like two, three years down the line, they're making bowl games. Or they're making conference championships, which we haven't done in school history, which is actually kind of shocking, personally. Like, this is going to be, this will determine what, like, how people will look at Stephanie Rump in the future, personally. I don't know about that. And I mean, I think one of the other things is going to be not only, you know, yeah, she's making these moves, she's kind of solidifying her, you know, putting her foot down and really showing what her vision and future of Nevada Athletics wants to be. But what I think I still need to see from her and the rest of the athletic department is obviously you know there's going to be a pretty incessant coaching search are they going to be able to properly fund a high quality coach whoever that may be because obviously we had learned not too long ago from jay norvell that he wasn't paid the most when he was here um and obviously you know he had some success but and then he left. And then Ken Wilson, obviously, they kind of... Not saying this as a disrespect towards Ken Wilson, you know, but on the coaching tree, he was obviously on the lower end. And the contract obviously showed it because... And I'm not saying, you know, Nevada needs to be giving some kind of record-breaking contract like Jimbo Fisher, who has a $75 million payout, you know, that's but... Ins- I still can't believe $75 million. That's yeah. insane. But like, obviously, hard. yeah. But, uh, like, that's obviously never going to happen, nor should it ever happen. Because right. that's just, you know, it's not a smart thing national decision but in terms of if nevada football wants to see an actual growth in the program then you know they have to be willing to go after an actual qualified coach and be willing to give them a little bit more of a contract you know whatever that may look like but you know obviously the more money the higher quality of a coach you're going to get and you know if nevada doesn't have that kind of funding then you know unfortunately the program you know they're not going to find too much because you look at how we said the transfer portal is opening up, you know, especially now where we might see uh, guys transfer out. We're already seeing that happen already. And in terms of getting some pretty good recruits coming in for next season, you know, they're looking at a situation and they said, well, this program just had back-to-back two and 10 seasons and they just fired their head coach. So, you know, it's kind of a, are bigger transfers really even going to want to come over or even look at Nevada now? So it's one of those things where this head coaching hire, whoever it may be, it's going to be pretty darn big in terms of 
you know, whatever the future holds for this program, which sounds obvious, but it's really something that a lot of programs, I feel like, don't take into consideration. No, that's fair. I respect that, yeah. Now, obviously, we can't think of 30 coaches that we could possibly bring in to be Nevada's head, next head football coach. Shout out Chris Murray again because you're a dog for that. That's, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of not person but qualities, what I mean by qualities like what they focus on, what their scheme could be. What do you want from the next football coach? I mean, I think unless you're getting, you know, a Nick Saban level guy. Or like someone on the, on the Saban family tree like that. Yeah, like you're going to have to, and I mean, that's kind of similar, I feel like, to the NFL. I mean, I would prefer to see, you know, someone younger who can grow with the program and someone who is a bit more offensively minded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is hard because past three head coaching hires that Nevada has had, they've all been first-time head coaches. Right. So, you mentioned that I, earlier. Yeah. yeah, and I doubt that Nevada, you know, they might be skeptical to continue that now. So I feel like they're going to look at someone who's experienced coaching a college football team, wherever that may be. But whoever that may be will definitely prefer to see some sort of offensive-minded guru, in a sense. And I guess a shout-out to Chris Murray because in his list of 30 head coaches that he listed, he put, I feel like this is probably a joke, but he did say if Nevada wanted to sell out tickets at Mackey, then you could hire John Gruden. Oh, God. <laughs> That's that, that, I feel like, because <laughs> of how, like, like, current college campus culture is, Yeah, I feel like if there was ever even murmurs of John Gruden getting hired here, that there would be, like, like, thousands of people protesting dude. oh 100% there's no way in hell John Gruden gets hired and if he does I'm gonna I, I, I won't say anything on record cause then I'm, I would have to do something I don't wanna do but <laughs> it would be catastrophic if Jim Gruden John Gruden excuse me became a head coach at Nevada that'd be weird seeing him like silver and black and then all of a sudden like you know like how they do the Instagram uh, jersey swaps when people get traded yeah so instead like it's John Gruden like the gray like the silver and gray and they just like salute should they transfer to like navy blue and silver Ugh, I don't know if I like that <laughs> I'll, I'll photoshop uh, John Gruden and Nevada gear just for you it's just like uh, people uh, photoshopping Shohei Otani in like a Kansas City yeah. <laughs> Kansas City Royals jersey <laughs> fair enough anyway so yeah I think we've I think with me, coach-wise, we saw what happened with Jay Norvell. Mm-hmm. Offensive-minded, brought in Carson Strong, had an amazing four-year stint with him, Romeo Dubs, Cole Turner, everybody there, right? And even, like, the supporting cast of people, and I say supporting cast, like, not, like, the wide receiver one or tight end one people, but seeing, like, what he did with those players, mm-hmm. I think having an offensive-minded coach would be good. It sells more tickets. Let's be real here. Yeah. Offense has been the main focus for most of football recently. So I think getting someone from like a financial standpoint that could bring that boom effect again and really have an explosive offense would be good. But there's a part of me that also wants, like, if they're going to be offensive, I want one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Not in the league, excuse me, we're not in the league. I want one of the better defensive coordinators in the nation to come over here and be like, hey, we had a really good like defense in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Let's be better than that this year and overall this year, not just in like three or four games. So I think I want someone who is either going to be really offensively minded and truly get some good players over here and like really build a scheme around them mm-hmm. or maybe Jimbo Fisher. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a, that is a pipe dream. He did leave but, a 
let's see. Chris Murray lists a list of not happening. And what is, is But he said we're just having fun. Fair uh, enough. Bring back Chris Alt, hiring Jimbo Fisher. If um, it, okay, if there is ever even like a one percent chance that Jimbo Fisher comes to UNR, I would. I mean, unspeakable hey, things. I mean, hey, he's getting seventy plus million dollars in buyout money. So I mean, does he really need a big contract? <laughs> we're just, he really doesn't. We're joshing around at this he point. He can just now. come and mess around at Nevada for a few years and get paid a shit ton. That part we of the language. We don't have. Yeah. That. <laughs> That we don't have, but he's still getting paid from somewhere else. So someone was about to curse. I'm the only one that's allowed to curse on this podcast. Be real, no. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Just someone either offensive, offensive minded who has a really good defensive coordinator around them, mm-hmm. or someone who's more balanced. Right. I think we need some balance in Nevada football, personally. So, anyways, we are pretty late into the cast, but I do want to do little predictions just for men's and women's basketball for their games tomorrow, December 2nd. We're recording this on Friday. We did did bad. We didn't record on Wednesday. But um, personally speaking, I think for women's, we'll do women's first and men's, okay? Okay. So women's first, here's the thing. It's conditional. If we're able to stop UC Santa Barbara and get the steals that we've been known for, I think we, not smack, but we definitely dominate the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, looking at... I think game we, on Wednesday because obviously we were in attendance for that yeah, one. Yeah, which by um, the way, even though like obviously the men's game had a lot more people than the women's game, which makes sense. 1 p.m. versus 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. School day, school night. Not to be rude, but women's game, men's game. That that is that has been proven that a lot of people prefer men's games, which sucks mm-hmm. because women's game technically sound. But my first time in Lawler, which yes, that I'm incriminating myself on the podcast, but my first time in Lawler was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And women's games are honestly, I could, I've been to more women's games for basketball than I have men's, men's, and I mean they're they're just great, you know. I mean even I feel like the, not as many people honestly kind of bring you closer to the sport, and it makes this kind of has that feeling of appreciation more for the players and for the fans in the stands it's just um it's it but it's great and i mean obviously it's better when you know the program's actually winning which as of right now they are they're five and two correct women's yeah i believe they're five and two right now they're obviously starting off pretty good so on a three-game win streak too Mm -hmm. because you know like we mentioned in the classic yeah and like like you said you know if they can continue you know their rampage of getting steals then biggest thing is just making sure they're you know staying focused and because i did notice that a lot in the last game was not necessarily laziness but kind of just going about the motions and which led to a lot of turnovers a lot of missed shots so just staying at that same level throughout the whole game regardless of what the score is but i do think they can i do think they could pull it off against uc berkeley UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara, excuse me. I don't <laughs> know why I'm getting... I, I was rating Berkeley on the standings, so... Fair enough. No, I think... And they're cur- the team is currently averaging 14 steals a game. Mm-hmm. That is seventh in the nation. And Mountain West School is top 10 in steals. That's insane to me. If they can match their seasonal performance and truly like get their defense flowing again, because they had they had a few blocks too that was really nice mm-hmm. in their last game against um, San Diego University. Yeah. So if they can mirror their defensive efforts again and truly like push offense again, because was Audrey Roden had like what 22 points. Mm-hmm. If they can get Audrey plus whoever else. To come uh, to come be that second person to score, like whether it be Claire Jacobs, whether that be any other person who was, I think they had like 
four people in double digits against any university. So if they can like reciprocate again, they can like replicate right. that performance again. I think there's a really good chance they beat Santa Barbara. I can't give a score, sadly. I wish I could. I yeah. can't. There's a lot of there's a lot of variables with this one. But again, if we see that performance, we're six and two, which is a really damn good start in non-conference play. Mm-hmm. Really damn. Good. All right, men's men's game at 7 p.m. against LMU. Yep. I think obviously coming off that 11-day break, there was you know a little bit of rest that was shown. I mean, obviously they broke out against that game against Montana pretty hot but then obviously the second half it was a little bit slower and the game got a little too close for comfort but they held on obviously I mean even Alford kind of mentioned it in his press conference that the locker room wasn't exactly the yippiest when it came to that win you know because it wasn't the best but I do think you know, now that they have that game under their belt after the long break, coming against LS- LMU, Nevada should win. I mean, you know, you look at LMU's schedule so far, and I know they are. Excuse me, what is their record? It's five and three right now. Yeah, currently I mean, five been... and three, and they're on a three-game win streak. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, I mean, their last game they won ninety to sixty-three. But... Ninety to sixty-three. Yeah, ninety to sixty-three. Okay, I thought it was ninety-eight. <laughs> My fault. Sorry. But the team they beat was Central Arkansas. You know, Central Arkansas, but yeah, that's fair. You know, like, like looking at Pacific. yeah, like looking at the teams that they played. You know, there really wasn't a you know I'd say the most competitive game they probably had was maybe against Yale, in which they lost three points. But I mean, you look at it. I mean, they took a loss to SFA. They took a loss to Oakland. They barely squeaked out a win against FIU. So you know their competition isn't exactly. And for Nevada, obviously, you know they're out of conference play hasn't exactly been the strongest either. Right. You know, Washington was probably our biggest one. It's still Washington personally. Well, yeah. That's not a good school. Yeah, but obviously you look, that's what I said, you look at, you know, our out-of-conference play and until we get to that Hawaii tournament against, yeah. you know, like TCU and those teams, you know, it's the, the level isn't, you know, it's not the strongest, you know, but I still think between the two teams when you look at it, Nevada's obviously deeper when it comes to a bench and we should hopefully be getting Tylen Pope back soon which was our really only big transfer that came in this season so From Tulane, yeah yeah so i think it should be Nevada should be 6 and 0 after tomorrow i think there's a i don't think they get beat but I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than Montana. Just because, yeah. like, I'm looking at their stats. Again, they're against schools that really aren't known for basketball, mm-hmm. or at least not the greatest in basketball. But looking at percentage-wise, against Westcliff in their first game, shot 57.5%. Against Yale, 49.2. Against Jackson State, 49.2. Against uh, SFA in a loss, 46.3. Their lowest shooting percentage overall is... which was against Oakland and FIU. Mm -hmm. One of them was a loss, one of them was a win. Yeah. So, and their three, they've only had one game below, excuse me, two games below 30% from three-point land, right? Mm -hmm. So, and their last game, they were 50%. So, you got to look at it and just go, okay, this is an offensive team. This is a unit that if we're not careful on our defense, which was actually really dang good against Montana, so kudos to that. But it, you have, you, we have to look at it and just go, okay, we're looking at this. We got to vibe it. We got to chill. We got to see how they're going to perform offensively. Because it seems as if even if they do really good offensively, they can't hold defenses that well sometimes. You know, like, they, again, they had a 20-point win against UTEP where they held them to 47 points. They had, they had a 27-point win against Central Arkansas where they shot 46%. But I'm looking, trying to see if I can see the opponent team 
the opponent's shooting percentage, but I can't, and that's very annoying. But, you know, obviously they, you know, they have these games where they're blowing these teams out, but you, like, even in, like, higher shooting games, it still seems like a little bit of a shootout. Mm -hmm. So, either it's going to be a decently high-scoring game, both teams getting, like, high 60s, 70s, maybe 80s, Mm. or... There's going to be a game where LMU gets shut out offensively and they can't control Nevada's offense. Because Nevada's offense is rolling right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, it's going to be one of those two scenarios. Again, I can't give a score. I wish yeah. I could. But, yeah. So I think that's uh, my prediction. So, Anyways, yeah. that is the end of the episode. This is a long-ass episode. 30. Yeah. Something in the 30s. Bit, yeah. yeah, no kidding. But... Yeah, so anyways, thank you all so very much for listening to us ramble on Talking Pack once again. Uh, make sure to follow us on our socials. We haven't posted yet. I'm working on it. We're trying our hardest. <laughs> school's, Slowly, really. school's been rough. Uh, school's been a little bit yeah. rough. But yeah, so thank you so much for watching. I have been your host, Derek Raridan. And again, with me is Dom- Dominic Gutierrez. Appreciate you all. Yeah, of course. Have a good one, everybody.